<clears throat> well, good morning to you. Well, I hope you are well. It's good to see if you have your Bibles. I'd encourage you to take those and turn them on or open them up, either one, <clears throat> to Exodus chapter 20. So Exodus chapter 20. If you're new to Christianity or you're exploring Christianity and what it means to follow Christ, uh, we're grateful that you're here. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Maybe uh, under the seats in front of you, <clears throat> you will find one under there, and you can take that as a gift. Well, we'd love to just uh, give that to you and uh, take that. Um, to, this morning, we'll be on page 61 um, in that particular Bible, not your personal Bible that you brought, okay? But the Bible under the seat, page 61. And again, if you're not used to studying the Scriptures, um, what we do is we just walk through a passage, um, read it, think through it, ask God to help us to uh, apply that to our life. And so when you turn to page 61, you'll see a, a large number that says 20. That's the chapter. And then if you scroll down to the small number, uh, the, the verses, we're going to be at verse 8 uh, this morning. So that's where, uh, where we're going to be. Again, if you're exploring what it means to follow Christ or if you're new to Bible study, uh, we want to share that with you in, in, in a way of, to, to serve you. Now, this summer, many are, are, are back from traveling and stuff. We are, uh, have been in a 10-week series on uh, worship, um, and we've got this week and next week. Next week, we'll look at work and the idea of what God has designed there. And this morning, we're going to look at the concept of rest, which is somewhat unique that God, Brian's asked me to teach on that because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and, <clears throat> so I'm not sure what you're going to get this morning, okay? But by God's grace, hopefully we can get through it. Now, um, and many of you are, are probably already restless over a sermon on rest, um, and please don't rest during the sermon <laughs> this afternoon, but not this morning. <clears throat> now, here, here's what I believe the Bible teaches. I believe God's design and desire for you to rest um, refreshes your soul, refreshes your mind. Um, it allows us to refocus on the God of our mission as well as the mission of our God. And if we can understand, right, the, the proper rest from our work, um, then in our work, we're able to bring glory to God. We're, we're able to bring good to our city and ultimately the gospel to all people. So think about this, this statement with me this morning. Our take on rest directly impacts our taking the gospel to the rest of the world. When, when we are well rested as a, a people, we are fueled to live for God, to love those well in the family of God, and to long for those apart from God to know his son Christ. And so I believe this concept, although unique, um, actually impacts the fulfilling of the great commission that God has given us. And if you're not a Christian this morning, you're here, again, we're grateful, um, but you will probably agree with us that there is a need for rest. There's a need for physical rest, right? Meditative practices are up. Uh, new diets are coming out all the time. that are now not just equating what you should eat um, and how much you should work out, but that rest itself is absolutely significant. And so much of our culture is trying to reduce stress and, and prolong life and find rest. And we believe as followers of Christ that ultimate rest Soul rest is found in the gospel. 
of Jesus Christ. When I say gospel, I mean the good news of what God has done, that he made us and yet we rebelled against him. We turned and went our own way and he sent his son to come and live a perfect life. He took on God's wrath upon a cross and paid the penalty for our sin in his death on the cross, was buried and then rose from the dead three days later to validate what he did on the cross was true and it worked. And by trusting in him and him alone, I believe there is an eternity of rest and worship that's coming. See, I, I convinced that physical rest that we need and we can't deny that we need it ultimately points to our need of spiritual rest that will last for all of eternity. And so with that said, let's read from Exodus. Now let's get context quickly, right? The book Exodus Genesis, Exodus, second book in the Bible. It's the idea, the, the root word of it is exit. It's, it's the story of God's people, the Israelites, exiting out of bondage, out of slavery after 400 years in Egypt. Israel is north. They, there was a famine in the land. They went down south to Egypt. As they're down in Egypt and they're partaking of the foods uh, there, they begin to set up camp. They move there. They live there. They procreate there. And over 400 years, you have a whole nation that is there. And Pharaoh thought that they were growing too large and too strong. And so he put them into captivity. And so the Exodus is a story uh, uh, of a true story of God rescuing his people, the Israelites, and moving them out. He raises up a deliverer named Moses that, helps, uh, that leads them out of this, this bondage, this physical bondage. Miracles happen all the way. It was absolutely incredible. And then as they are out and they're setting up a way to live, God gives them specifically the Ten Commandments as we would know them. And this is what we find in chapter 20. He's setting this up for, for a way not to actually keep all of them because it's hard to, it's impossible. Actually, only Jesus did, but it pointed out our need for a savior. And yet there, there's, there's strength in, there's wisdom in these that he has given. It's interesting that the first three deal with God himself. And then he tells us uh, what to do before he tells us what not to do. And he's telling us in this particular text to rest. And so let's read verse eight. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, all your employees, your livestock, sojourners, guests that are within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's pray. Father, we ask this morning that you would teach us this morning from this particular text. It's a unique topic, so I pray that you would take it. And as we read into your word, not only this passage, but others, that you would read into us and help us navigate these things that you say are good. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't have to convince you this morning that our culture is exhausted. I don't have to convince you that there's a weariness that's there. Uh, you just turn the news on, you get exhausted, right? Watching it, all that's going on. And, and it's, it's permeated all of us to some degree. 
Stress is up, weariness is up. I mean, when your day starts with the single goal of your day is not to get buried under the to-do list, probably not a, not a good day. This is not how God designed life to be lived. Even in the, the advancement of technology, Right? When, when it's uh, to, to literally unplug is so hard nowadays. When you are driving down the road and you're there, you hit one of those, those areas where there's no uh, cell coverage, right? You just go, you lose it. You think, how am I going to survive the next two miles before I hit a tower, right? And get, or you're trying to work on internet and you don't have access to it. You think the world's going to come to an end. And this just continues to fuel this weariness that we we don't know how to unplug and step back. I had the, the joy of growing up in a small town. Usually when I tell people where I'm from, I it's, it's, uh, start with Virginia. Um, and, and then I worked my way down to uh, I-85 that ran through a little town called South Hill, Virginia. Uh, we recently got a Golden Corral. And uh, we've had a Golden Corral. We got a Cracker Barrel. And uh, everybody got excited about that. And, and so in this small town, um, I ended up... My dad was a pastor of a small country church. It was an incredible uh, ministry for 25 years. Uh, it was simple living. We worked really hard, but we knew how to rest as well. Many of the folks in our church were farming folks. And so I would, during the summer, work on the farm with some of these folks. And so um, one farm I had the opportunity to serve on where we would start the, the morning really early. We'd start 5.30 or 6. I'd swing by this little country store where they'd have uh, biscuits and uh, pork chops. And when you start the morning... With a pork chop biscuit, it's going to be a good day, right? And, and then we'd make our way over to, to, the, to, the, to the barns. We would fire up the tractors. We would look at the plan for the day, and we would work hard. We'd knock off about 9.30 for about 10, 15 minutes. We would have a, a Pepsi and a, a pack of, we call them a pack of nabs. I said that down here in, in, in the city, and they're like, what you talking about? I'm like, it's crackers. They're square crackers, right? Uh, they're orange. And, uh, and, and, and so we would have some peanut butter and crackers. And then we'd, at lunchtime, we would work, and, and then we'd knock off. We'd get, grab a bite to eat, and then we'd run down to the pond, and we would uh, fish for about 10 or 15 minutes and uh, catch a bass or two. And I'd go down to the little country store, weigh it, see how much it weighs, and take it back and throw it back in. And uh, it's, I mean, it's an exciting day. And, and then we'd work till about 6.37. We'd knock off. And then uh, that weekend, man, we would, we would rest. We'd worship. Uh, we, we, we felt uh, we weren't, it wasn't complex. But one of the things that fueled this sense of simplicity and rest was, was our, the culture, the town I lived in. Uh, I mean, it's, you think about this picture here. This was the police station of my town. Um, that, that's the fire department to the right of it, okay? <laughs> okay, so the fire department's to the right. The police station is there. There's one cop in town, and we were friends. That's always good to have, have your buddy. Uh, in the back of this small bill was the jail, <laughs> okay? Not a lot of crime in La Crosse. Uh, and on top was the uh, siren, right? Because the, the fire department, they were all volunteers. So most of us who worked on the farm and stuff, we, uh, we got to put lights on our truck and, and, and the front of the, the license plate had volunteer fire department. So they would sound that. You could hear it probably in a 10 mile radius. It was loud. And then we got to drive fast, break the speed limit and get, and get to the fire station to get in the truck to go put the fire out. They still do it today. It's amazing. Well, you think about that, volunteer fire department, New York City has 14,000 firefighters. 14,000. Second largest in the, in the world. 
behind Tokyo, some 18,000. And as I was talking with one of our church planners in the city of Toronto, with some 7 million in the outskirts of, of Toronto, um, his first two years, he was so exhausted. And he came to the point that he realized that the city itself never stopped. It just never stopped. And so, so he found himself exhausted, having to remove himself from that environment, from the city, to go outside the city to, to where things were just slower placed, just so he could just rest. And this is where I think we find ourselves oftentimes not being able to rest. The life just continues. We don't unplug, and, and, it's, and it's hard. And I mean, think about the, the truth of even in God's design of creation itself, but even in creation itself, God, the, the, the creation knows how to rest better than those that are made in his image. I mean, think about a bear, right? The, a day in the life of a bear. I mean, he catches some, he knocks a tree over, he scrapes it, he catches some salmon, eats it, and, and then he chills, right? Check this, this, this picture out, right? I mean... I mean, they know how to rest. They even hibernate for a season. Right? You don't have to do a message at the zoo to the animals on how to rest. They know this is a normal flow of life. And yet for those who have capacity to buy bids and create bids and homes and settings, we don't know how to rest. And I want to say this. Listen to this statement. Rest is a command given by God, not to restrain us from something good, but to refresh us for what is best. It's a command given by God, not to restrain us from something good, but to refresh us for what is best. And so I want to show you three truths this morning about this concept of rest that I pray God will use to lead you to worship and that all would worship. Notice the first truth is this, rest propels us to remember God and his good plan. Rest propels us to remember God and his good plan. He designed this. Notice in verse eight, the first word is remember. He's calling to mind. He's telling them to to recall, to recollect that God has ordained this day, this Sabbath, it says, this Sabbath day. The idea of Sabbath literally means the seventh day of the week, a day of rest and observance to God. He says to remember the Sabbath day. We're forgetful people. So he has to tell us to remember this day and to, to, to keep it right holy. And it's a, it's a day. It's a Sabbath day. It's not a, it's not a Sabbath half a day. It's not a Sabbath um, seven minutes, right? You can, you can now get a 10-minute a massage in a, at a kiosk at Crabtree Mall for like 10 bucks. And I see folks in there all the time and, and they're, they're there and, and they're working, they're getting the knots out of the back. The people, folks are all knotted up, so stressed out. And they think a 10 minute massage for 10 bucks at a kiosk and a mall is going to do it. Newsflash, it's not going to do it. You, you need more than a 10 minute few knots out of your neck at the mall. Because then you start shopping and get stressed again and you got to go back there and spend another 10, Right? And it's a, so it's a day and it's, it's holy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, he wants us to keep it holy. The way you keep it holy is you focus on the Holy one. Even if there's certain things you're doing at the house that that's not necessarily vocational work, but things that you laundry and, and these things that have to get done, but there's a sense, there's an attitude directed toward that. That's a holy unto God. 
There's a holy one. You focus on the holy one himself. God's design was such, I wish I could do a theology of the Old Testament with you this morning and show you this, but he set up rhythms throughout for the people of God. There was festivals that were to come monthly and, and yearly. Even every seven years, he gave the land a rest. He instructed the people that even the land, the very soil where your crops are, are, are birthed and planted and came to fruition, that that land needs rest every seven years. And he's given us these rhythms to run on so that we don't ruin our life. It was amazing as I was help, help my friend out on the farm that there were particular plots of land that we would rest for seasons and then replant uh, after a, a prolonged time of being off. And, and it was always interesting to see the, the sweetness of that particular crop the next year because it, it works. Now, one may think that in the short run, Israel was less economically productive and prosperous than its neighbors, but in the long run, a deeply rested people are far more productive. Verse 11 says it this way. It says this remembrance of, of, of God is to be done, right, um, to the Lord, but, but it's also reminding us that the Lord himself rested. Verse 11 says it's, create, it's, it's, it's reflecting back on Genesis 1, 2, and 3. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's within them. Right? If there's anybody that should be tired, God, but, he, but he's not. And, and then yet he rested. And if God rested on the seventh day, it might be good for us to follow his lead. And in his resting, he's reflecting over that which he's created to, to, to celebrate in a sense. And I think that's God's intention for us as we rest. There's a proper reflection. There's a proper reminding ourselves of God and who he is and all that he's done. And then there's some joy that that we have that he gives in the work of our hands. As we'll look at next week, this concept of, of work. See, rest leads us to reflect and remember God and all that God's done, his design, his desire for us. And listen, laziness, laziness, can create as much restlessness as overworking can, but it's just not as easy to recognize. God's laid this out. So let's be careful. Let's be careful we don't equate laziness with restfulness. I I love the the story of Luke chapter 10 um, in in 41. There's the story of Mary Mary and and Martha as they're coming together and and Jesus is is there and, and, and Martha was distracted with much serving and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and she got frustrated and said, hey, Jesus, say something. And he did. He says, he says but the, the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but the one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. What is the good portion? The good portion was resting at the feet of Christ listening to his word. And so in way of application this morning, Providence, listen, let's prioritize rest. Let's prioritize rest. Now it could look different for so many different people, right? I mean, if you're in the retail end of things, if you're in the athletic, many of our Christian brothers and sisters in the athletic realm, their main day is Sunday, right? And so what does this look like? The key thing is that it's a day unto the Lord and it's not necessarily which day, it's just that it is a day. And that you don't neglect it, that you adhere to it, and that it happens. It's sort of like a budget, right? If you've got a budget and there's certain expenses that come, and you've got to figure out how to 
take on those expenses and you may have to say no to something else. This is the way it is with rest. This is the way it is with our time, our schedule. We have to probably to fit this in, say something, no to something. So in order we can say yes to the best. And then let's also enjoy rest. Let's prioritize it, but let's enjoy it. Don't feel guilty for resting. And let me just say this to you on a side note. If you feel guilty for resting, it's probably because you have an idol in your heart of trying to find your identity in all the work that you do. If you're constantly thinking, what are other people going to think about me? I need to get more done. There's a deep, deep thing in the heart that the reason you want to get more done is because you want the approval of others or you want to be able to do certain things. So just enjoy it without wrestling with this feeling of guilt that God's commanded it. Yes, work hard as unto the Lord, but let's rest well. The second truth is this, quickly, listen. It says, rest points us to rely on God and his great power. Rest points us to rely on God. Now notice in verse 10, verse 10 it says, to, to the Lord, it's, it's, it's a seventh day, it's a Sabbath, but it's to the Lord your God. So God desires for us in our resting, right, to return to him, to rely on his power. Our propensity is to trust in our strength, in our own power. And what rest does, rest points us to rely on on him. Like the very fact that you and I had to sleep last night is a wake-up call that we're not running the universe, right? I mean, the fact that every, no matter how much Mountain Dew or Starbucks or Espresso, you're going to crash at some point in time. Every athlete that won a gold medal, right, is strong and as fast as they ran or they swam, they had to sleep. They had to rest. God's built it in our very DNA to remind us that he's the one that has all power and that he runs the universe and that we don't. The fact that Hebrews 1 says that the very power of his word holds the universe should overwhelm us. Psalm 121, listen to what it says. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Did you know God in all of his greatness has never taken a nap? Did you know that? In all of his power, in all of his days has never had to sleep. He's not exhausted. And so don't run in your own power and strength. Rely on the power that's given by God to his people. Think about last night, what God did while you slept and some of you snored. (laughs) Think about how the sun was coming up over the Pacific and over China and Asia. And while we slept, We know from some studies that thousands are coming to faith in Christ at the preaching of the gospel in Asia. And the sun began to continue to move and folks awakened in Indonesia and in India and Myanmar and into the Middle East and the gospel was being preached and shared and taught in these some closed countries and hundreds and thousands turned to faith in Christ last night while we slept. And then the gospel began to continue to spread as it was shared as the sun came up in North Africa and in Europe in multiple places. And then the sun made its way, did it not over the Atlantic, and you and I woke up this morning on the other side of the world to sleep. 
God is doing a great work in our day and in our time. Oh, listen, rest points us to rely on God and his great power. And listen, listen, the Sabbath, it's not a, just a day of recreation where you are exhausted at the end of the day. Right? It's a day of mental and physical, emotional, spiritual rest. We're focusing on God. We're focusing. It's intentional prayer time. It's, it's possibly some journaling. It's possibly where maybe each day you're trying to do a, a quiet time, meaning there's just a moment of the day that you, before you start the day, Proverbs says that this give the first fruits to God. And in this moment, in this time, there's a, you're reading a verse or you're reading a couple of verses and just kickstart the day and kickstart the, your spiritual heart, right? But then in this day set aside where it's holy unto the Lord, where there's an intentional focusing on God, you may read an entire book in an entire setting. You may go, maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's at your home that instead of reading Philippians 1, you would read all four chapters in one setting, or maybe all six chapters of Ephesians, or all five chapters of James, or all the chapters in Hebrews, or or Thessalonians. Just maybe there's an intentional time, one day a week, where you would just set aside to read a whole book in one setting. Or maybe it's a prayer walk, where you're walking, not, not getting worn out, but through that resting in God and praying. And listen, listen, I can, I can assure you now, guys, hang on and stay with me, okay? I can assure you that as, as football season is around the corner, and this is going to be the year for some teams, right? That's what we're all saying. Watching 10 hours of football and eating three bags of nachos is not restful, <laughs> right? It's just not, I mean, I mean, it gets you worked up. It may be fun, but it's not restful. And if you follow a certain team, it's depressing. <laughs> so imagine that you're worn out from nachos. You don't even feel that well. You put on five pounds and they lose and you end the day depressed. This is not restful. Five hours on Facebook to see who drank a certain latte is, is, is not restful. It's exhausting, right? Listen, movies all day long, vegging out all day long, watching one movie after another is not a Sabbath. Right? It's, it's brain-dead activity that slowly but surely affects the brain. Right? The, I mean, the, the violence that sometimes we're entertained by totally numbs our hearts to the reality of the cruelty of violence in the, in the world. The, the subtlety of just watching and vegging out on movies thinking that it's restful has shaped our mind and our heart even in how we view sensuality and relationships. I mean, imagine this. Think with me for a second. If, if we're, let's just go to North Hills for a second, right? And grab a little Chick-fil-A and walk around. It's a cool little area Tons of folks are out there, and you, uh, you, you grab a, a, a little Starbucks, uh, a little Ben and Jerry, and, uh, and you're just hanging out with the, with the fam. And then you notice, <clears throat> you notice over on a park bench, there's this couple. Maybe they're married, husband, wife. Uh, they're there, and the arms around. Maybe it's a romantic night. And, and they begin to, to, to kiss one another a little passionately and, and, and make it out. I mean, just right there. And you're kind of like, walking. I mean, you, you don't grab a chair and call your friends and come on, hey, let's watch this. <laughs> we, we don't do that. We like, man, get a room or go home, right? And yet, we'll pay 10 bucks, eat some popcorn, and watch it on a, in a dark room on a screen the size of your house. And think nothing of it. 
Or maybe in the middle of it, say, well, we probably should get up and leave. We say that six, seven times, but we don't. (laughs) It's a numbing. It's a gentle numbing of the heart, the mind, how we view these things. This, This isn't rest. This creates somewhat chaos, right, in our hearts. I mean, think about when we don't rely on God for power. We run out of gas. We run the risk of being irritable and impatient. We don't fight sin well. I know whenever I don't rest well, I'm, I'm, I'm sharper with the kids and, and, and I'm not, I don't treat the family as well as I should. I'm quick to be irritated. I'm quick to be impatient. when I'm not resting in the power that God has granted us through his son Christ. There's great anxiety that starts to swell. You know it, you felt it. Some of you feeling it even now, right? There's worry. And I love the way Jesus does this. In, Jesus, in Matthew chapter six, Jesus addresses our worry and anxiety in relation to work and overworking by telling us, I'm waiting, I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Jesus, please, I mean, you're the God of the universe. Give me a four point strategy to overcome these things. And uh, he says, why don't you look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field? And I'm like, really? <laughs> Bird, birds and flowers? He said, yeah, look, look at this one, like for the hummingbird, as God made the, 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 the hummingbird. I mean, he's uh, one of the fastest. He built him with a, a straw on the end of his face so he can fly right up to the flower and drink, right? He doesn't have to go to the counter to get a straw. And he put a reverse gear in this guy right? They can fly backwards. And some studies show that they can fly 500 miles without having to take a break. And he says, look at the lilies of the field, right? These lilies of the field, man, I've, 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 I've decorated them. I've, I've put this color on them. They haven't labored. I'm doing this. How much more are those who are my children? How much more do I care for those that know me, call me dad. How how much more? See, sufficient today is enough trouble. So be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 46 says, be still, know that I'm God. Listen, for you to know that he's God, you've got to be still. And so rest, let rest remind you of God's power and rest in that. Well, the third and last one quickly is rest prepares us to receive God's gift of Jesus and his glorious provision. Rest prepares us to receive God's gift of Jesus and his glorious provision. Rest reveals that we are a needy people. Physical rest, watch this, physical rest points us to our need of spiritual rest. Augustine said it like this, a great theologian, our hearts are restless until they find rest in Christ. I love the way the author of the Pentateuch put this particular commandment in Deuteronomy. It's as if he illustrated it in Deuteronomy chapter five. He says, similar language as Exodus 20, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. But then he illustrates it by saying, remember, you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. What's he doing there? What he's doing is he's pointing us to remember that this people called Israel were in bondage, in slavery. 
And he's using this story to point to a greater story that says we are in bondage spiritually and we need not rest from the land, but rest from our sin. Oh, God is doing this. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus even says, come to me, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, one author and theologian, Tim Keller says it like this. Jesus experienced radical restlessness, cosmic restlessness. He was cut off from the source of eternal rest. He was in hell. He was thrown into absolute cosmic restlessness so we could have rest. He was sacrificed so we wouldn't be sacrificed. He was cut off so we could be brought in. He was stripped naked so we could be clothed. When he died, he said, it is finished. He rested in a grave so we could rest in glory. Listen, in the movie, Chariots of Fire, Harold Abrahams and Eric Little both ran in the Olympics. And in the movie, Harold Abrahams phrases a, a, a statement like, somewhat like this. He says, I'm running the 100-yard dash because when that gun goes off, I have 10 seconds to justify myself. I'm working hard so I can feel good about who I am. Eric Little, who ran, says this, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. He doesn't say I earn his pleasure. He says, I'm trying to please the God who loves me and delights in me and has given me this. One man is running in order to be sure of who he is. The other man is running because he knows who he is. And as a result, there were two men working hard, but one man was always weary even when he was resting. And the other man was always resting even when he was working. Listen. Providence this morning. Let all resting this side of heaven remind us of the rest that's coming for believers in eternity with Jesus. Let this sleeping at night and resting just remind us that there's a greater rest that we need, not just from the physical rest that we need and God's laid out, but there's a rest that's coming for eternity where we will worship the King. And then let our rest in way of application. Let our rest fuel our running on mission to get the gospel to all people. When we are well rested, we live for his glory. We love each other better. And we live on mission to get this good news to the ends of the earth. I'll close with this. If you're not a believer this morning, listen. Let the fact that you know you need physical rest point you to a greater need of spiritual rest this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the way you have um, just designed life to be done in such a way that when we rest, we enjoy life even more and how you designed it. We're an exhausted culture. We're an overwhelmed. Anxiety is probably at an all-time high. Weariness has settled in. And God, we don't want to be a weary people. We want to be a worshipful people. We want to be a people who who worship you in truth and in spirit. We know that ultimately comes through a relationship with your son, Jesus. And so direct our hearts, guide our hearts, God. Help us to enjoy the good gifts that you have given, but not to take rest in them. Help us to rest in you and you alone. 
And so accomplish these things. As we take our offering this morning, God, we are grateful for the opportunity to be able to give back to you in a way, an act of worship that would help get this good news to the ends of the earth. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.